0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory, it's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Turning the Page on the All-22. You are flying solo again with me, uh, Johnny Page. Follow me on Twitter, please, at JohnnyPage9. I nearly had Colin Miles in with me today for the first time doing an All-22 recap, but uh, the timing did not fit. So it's going to be the same as the past few weeks. We're going to keep it pretty simple. We're going to go through offense, we're going to go through defense, we're going to hopefully give you some takes that you haven't thought about and recap this week's game against the Baltimore Ravens before uh, we focus on the New York Giants coming up shortly so I'm going to start with the offense uh, I'm not going to go too much detail about Carson Wentz this week um for obvious reasons to be honest I thought he played very very well despite an incredibly tough situation uh blocking was not great pass blocking was not great The receivers are still average um obviously they've got some good receiving talent now with Fulgham and Greg Wall but it's still on the whole pretty average um so I'm not going to touch too much on Wentz uh there was a couple of really, really nice throws that were really good. I thought he played a lot uh, quicker this week. And I think the interesting discussion we have to have about Wentz this week is do we just let him play outside of structure more? Because everyone wants everyone wants him to be this safe quarterback uh, who plays in rhythm and gets the ball out on time and doesn't take stupid sacks. And I'm just not sure that's him. I think actually we saw him come alive when he was under pressure this week because he was just running around and playing ball. And it's not really what you want your quarterback to do. You need him to play in, in structure. But I think at some point we need to wonder and have a discussion about whether we just let him play out of structure more. Um, I have a few takes on the two-point conversions that we'll get to after we talk about schematic things as a whole. On to the running backs and the running game in general. Uh, really, really struggled. Two weeks in a row, the running game has just not worked. And they've been bought out by two huge runs by Sanders. But if you take out those two runs, the numbers must be atrocious. They're trying a lot of under centre stuff. They're running a lot of power man concepts, which I spoke about last week. And as you said last week as well, I don't think Sanders is the best running back for that style. Sanders is a better zone runner, inside zone, outside zone, get him on the edge. And they just can't do that at the moment because the offensive line isn't athletic enough. Uh, the blocking was really bad. The Titans are a bit weak in the run game as well. Zaka and Richard Rogers are no Dallas Goddard. So the running game just isn't particularly good at the moment. And it's, it's a big problem for the Eagles. It's a big, big problem. I think we need to see some more outside zone. I know the blockers can't get there outside easily, but hopefully, Dane Johnson and Isaac Samaru coming back soon can help. I know Herbig that struggles in that area, but I think Mailasa is athletic enough. Kelsey is obviously athletic enough. So I think they can deal if Herbig's a bit of a statue if they get some other blockers around because they're struggling quite a lot. Uh, but this the thing for me in the running game is the backups just look poor and they're getting nothing in the passing game from Miles Sanders or from Boston Scott and I mean, didn't really get anything this game at all a couple of screens that didn't work a couple of sort of leaked plays from play action uh, that just didn't hit at all and Scott had a really good year last year and it's a shame they're not doing much uh, with him this year When talking about blocking, we have to mention uh, Brown, obviously the new right guard. I always have this theory that coaches tell you what they think of players, and everyone's saying about how much better he was going to be than Matt Pryor. You think the coaches would have realized that and would have played him. So there was a lot of this last year of people moaning about JJ, I think, a side not playing, and it's probably because he wasn't very good. And it's the same with Brown. Uh, He's not very good. That was an absolute disaster of a game. Some of his past blocking reps were atrocious. Um, I thought Maialata was fine. Uh, as an offensive lineman. I don't think he was as good as maybe some are saying. Um, I still think they're protecting him. I still think he needs chips. I would like to see him at left tackle the rest of the year. So I think he's played well enough to earn that. But I think it's uh, too far to say he's been a plus for the offence um, since replacing Peters and Dillard. Um, the other offensive lineman struggled a bit. Herbig was okay. Um, but again, in run blocking was really bad. Uh, Driscoll had a reasonable game. Um, but again, run blocking, they're just not getting anything. They need to do something drastically different. I would like to see going back to a lot more zone concepts yes some of the alignment aren't athletic enough but hopefully sanders can make something happen in the backfield going east to west because at the moment it's a lot of north and south and it's not working a great deal Right. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the receivers as well. I saw some people worrying at halftime that Fulgham uh, was a fluke. He had one good game. He looked good again to me. Uh, he looked good. I think you see that natural catching ability. That's something that will never go away. I think that's just there. I and mean, he will always be good in contested situations. He looks like he's just got a real knack for catching the ball. Um, John Hightower. Let's have a little discussion about John Hightower. Uh, very good route runner very uh, able to get open. There was a number of routes uh, that he ran well um, where he was able to get open. Um, However, hands uh, can you teach someone to catch is a big discussion among coaches all the time, among people on Twitter. I think you can teach confidence because players can get more confident as they uh, develop. I think you can teach catching technique, obviously, but I think players either have it on or they don't. Nelson Nagelor was a good example of someone who could get open but just struggle to catch the ball. And I think John Hightower is dangerously uh, close to that situation because the way he catches the ball leaves a lot to be desired. He just seems to have a big problem tracking it, which is a problem if you are going to be a speed receiver. So it was a good route to get open. I actually don't think he'd done much to get open on that early third and 22, to be completely honest. I think, I think it was Michael Peters out there. The Ravens just played it really poorly in the cornerbacks or wasn't really interested in running deep with him. So I'm not going to give him too much credit for that, to be completely honest. Um, He just looks awkward catching it. And last week I said this, the way the ball just went through his hands last week without him even touching it is not something you see from good receivers who track the ball well. So whether that can be taught, we'll see. Um, But I think there is cause for concern there. I think as much as I like him and he looks like a good player, there there is cause for concern. Right, I'm going to spend a bit of time going in depth on the two-point plays this week. Uh, First of all, he was over two point four times and got two out of four. So if you're complaining about them going for two, uh, that is the same point you'd get as kicking every single uh, extra point and Jake Elliott could easily miss one. So no problem going for it at all. I'm always fine when he was going for two. They ran four very different type of plays and Doug actually said he didn't have enough plays at the end of the game to run, um, which is an interesting statement for a coach to admit, but fair play, I guess. We'll go through each one one at a time. So the first one was the sort of re-option uh, with sort of motion with Jalen Hurts. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I don't like it when plays are strict run plays without an option to pass in there because I think sometimes you can tell a play's not going to work. And I'd have liked Jaden Hurts to have the opportunity at least to throw it in that situation because getting tackled behind the line doesn't do anything for me. Um, what is the point? Yes, you could get picked off and they could return it, but it's incredibly unlikely. So I'd like some sort of passing option to be built into that play. The next two two-point plays, they converted, and they were both passing plays. I thought they were really, really well-run plays. Uh, the first one was to Greg Ward, where Carson Wentz rolled out and threw a really good ball in the corner. Really good catch by Greg Ward, really good route, really good timing. Not an easy play to do, actually, because if you look at Wentz, he has to catch that in the shotgun, roll out very quickly, and deliver a ball on time to the corner of the end zone. I thought that was a really good play. The second two point I love, I love this design. So they put JJ, I think, on white right side sort of in a sort of reduced split. And they sort of used him on the, the route that we see Ertz run a lot, which is like a little out and then slant. Um, there's lots of different names for it. Some people call it an angle, a slant, whatever. Um, but essentially he faked that route and then ended up running a sort of corner route to the end zone. And Marcus Peters, uh, firstly, know your personnel. You know you're getting Marcus Peters out there. You know he wants to jump roots. You know he's going to see that play on film a lot with Zach Ertz. And JJ can run a similar route. He's done so in the past. Um, the little extra fake out just completely killed Peters, who jumped on the inside route. And it was then an easy uh, throw for Wentz. So on to the last two point. the reason the Eagles could not tie the game at the end. Um, I didn't like the play call at all. I don't actually understand the play call because running the ball is a numbers game. The whole point of read option is that you leave a man unblocked and you read him. The Eagles left two men unblocked, first of all. So that doesn't work from a read option point of view. Um, I don't know if Jordan Mylata was meant to block down. Uh, they combo blocked a defensive tackle and left a defensive end free as well as a linebacker. I don't know if Jordan Maialata was meant to block. Uh, combo block him or whether he was meant to block the end. Um, They also motioned Richard Rogers across the formation, and that meant a man came across the formation as well, which meant they just had someone else to block. I can only assume they wanted to uh get Richard, uh, Richard Rogers back across the other end, maybe motion away and they didn't have enough time to do it. I just don't get that. Why would you drag a tight end like Richard Rogers across the formation, meaning you have an extra body to block? Um, and then the actual play itself went, yes, he probably should have time, uh, called that timeout, whether he had the power to do so in that situation, I don't know. They got to the line of scrimmage too late. They were rushed and they didn't really... Uh, went didn't have time to assess the situation pre snap because it was so obvious that play was not going to work. Cannot uh, run a read option against two uh, defenders that are unblocked, so that's a really frustrating way to lose. Um, Doug deserves blame for that and um, big time because it didn't make sense. I know, rest of them didn't have time, but they've got to do something else in that situation. They're running a play that basically pre snap has zero chance of working. They're also running it with Boston Scott, who's not even their best running back. Um, I also don't like the fact I mentioned earlier on that doesn't have a passing option built into it. It's not that difficult to run a, a sort of run-pass option, uh, run a read option with a backside slant or something. We're not talking rocket science here. It's something a lot of offences do and we've done before. It's not like you have to uh, change your whole offence to run a play like that. Um, it should have been in the install. Uh, I don't like the fact that basically the two points, both the ones that work were passes, both the ones that failed were essentially read option runs with no option to pass. I think that's a really frustrating way of losing. But overall, I thought Wentz and the offence played read really really well considering they started extremely badly. They just couldn't get going. Jalen Hurts did help them a little bit, get the running game going, but I think essentially Wentz just decided uh, to play outside the structure and started make plays happening himself with uh, the wide receivers who came on in the second half. Zach Hurts was a big disappointment. Again, I didn't mention him earlier on. Um, he's just not playing very well. I don't know what it is. He's not getting open. He's not running his routes very well. He's struggling to separate. He's not getting double. He's not getting uh, bracket coverage anymore. He's just struggling to win, which is a shame. Right, onto the defence. I'll do this a little bit quicker because I'll try and aim for about 15 minutes here to keep it short and sweet. Defence schematically I'm going to start with before I touch on individuals which was really interesting this week. They've had a lot of cover one robber, um, which is good coverage to play against Lamar Jackson because it means you've got a free safety who can sort of uh, mirror his um, running. I thought they played really well with defence, actually. I know they gave up 30 points, but it didn't feel like that watching it. Um they played Nickel Robbie Coburn at outside corner and Mills at safety, which was interesting. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that personally, but that's what they chose to do. Um, then they had a lot of options with Will Parks, a lot of Big nickel with Parks, Mills and McLeod all at safety. They also rotated their linebackers quite a lot. Um, so let's go through. Uh, actually, before I go through the position groups, I want to talk about the first drive in particular. So the first drive the Ravens had, they went down the field and scored a touchdown. They converted two third and longs. And these third and longs drive me drove me insane watching them on tape. The third one was a very simple Actually, I've got to remember the uh, order they were in here. Um, I think the third one was a 17-yard pass uh, to Devin Duvernay. That may have been the second one. Um, but they were just out. No, yes, that was the second one. Uh, this is cool, figuring it out as you're doing the podcast. Uh, the second one they converted was a 17-yard pass to Devin Duvide. They were simply three on two on the outside. The Eagles faked pressure up the A-gaps. They put two men in the A-gap as if they were in a blitz. They didn't blitz. The linebacker then had to sprint outside to try and cut off the throw. And essentially, there was two men outside on three receivers. So Lamar Jackson just threw it to Duvenay and he just ran for the first down. And as I said earlier on, it's a numbers game football. It's a numbers game. The Eagles have got to be better prepared for that. I don't know why they're faking a blitz. Um, Will Parks is also out there and he looked a bit lost, so it did, that didn't help. It was just run really poorly. The first third and 10 was a simple 12-yard comeback route where Nick Robbie Coleman just didn't look comfortable playing outside corner, and it was just a simple curl route. No hands on him, easy throw, easy catch, easy third and long, and that drove me insane, that first drive, because they played well. They got Lamar and the Ravens into third and long, which is exactly where you want Lamar Jackson because he's still not the best pocket passer for third and long situations, and you just give them two simple third downs, and they should have got off the field. Um, so that was annoying. Onto the actual individual play. Defensive line, I thought was excellent. I thought Brandon Graham was brilliant in his container of Lamar Jackson. I thought Josh Sweat was good. I thought um, Malik Jackson was exceptionally good, and we're going to miss him. I thought we'd done a really good job shutting down the Ravens' run game, and I thought they also did a pretty decent job on Lamar Jackson, who, as we know, is as good as it gets as a running quarterback. Linebacker was interesting this week because Nate Gary had two or three plays that were just unbelievably bad. I'm not sure the late touchdown was one of them, and I'll talk about why in a second. Um, there was the one where he just didn't try and tackle the guy on a jet sweep, which was bizarre, but he did make a few stops. I thought Singleton looked good, made a few really nice tackles in the hole. and um, just looked very physical, very violent. I was happy with how he played. We all got excited because Davion Taylor came on the pitch. Um, he looked athletic, but remember, Nate Gary is also very athletic. Uh, it's about actually reading and reacting. And I don't think he reacted particularly well to a few plays, including the last one that I saw being shared on Twitter, where he made a good tackle for Mar Jackson on second and five. Um, that second and five ended the game and it was about a 15-yard run. So I'm not sure that's the play I'll be praising the linebacker. It also looked to me like an example where Josh Sweat was crashing uh, on the running back and the linebacker was to be expected to scrape, uh, which means they would be expected to take the running back on a read option play and... And Davion Taylor got sucked in field. I could be completely wrong. Maybe Josh Sweat had outside contain. But if he did, it was a very weird play of playing outside contain. So my guess would be that that was a linebacker's responsibility. And that will be Taylor on that side. Um, on to the secondary. Uh, will Parks, I didn't think, played well, which was... Uh, a bit of a shame. I think he's really important schematically in what they want to do. The fact they can play more big nickel, the fact they can play a dime with him as a linebacker. I think he gives them a lot of versatility. However, I didn't think he played well, which is a bit of a, not a concern, but just a bit of a shame. I think it was his first week back. So that's not too much to worry about just yet. Um, Rodney McLeod was excellent. Again, really, really good. Um, he's just a really good player at the moment. Although I will touch on one particular play where I didn't think he played well. Uh, Mills was fine. Uh, Cornerback situation was fine. I thought they'd done a pretty good job in the passing game. Slay got beat a couple of times by Marquise Brown. I think we're realising with Darius Slay. He's not perfect. He's fine. He's a very, very good starting cornerback and very good cornerbacks get beat by starting wide receivers. So I'm not panicking too much about it. I think it's just something that happens and will continue to happen uh, as we move through forward throughout the season. The play I want to talk about was the last touchdown the Ravens scored, the long run by Lamar Jackson and that sort of ended the game in many ways. Although he was did end up coming back from it. Um Gary was getting killed on Twitter for biting on uh, just sort of running nowhere but actually I'm not sure it's that simplistic because I think Gary is reading a the pulling guard which shows the the Ravens running game is really complicated but the fact they had a pulling guard suggests power which means Nate Gary is running to that direction the reason why I think he might have played it right is because Rodney McLeod also done the exact same thing he read the Pulling guard and also uh, ran across to the opposite side of formation. It meant there was a huge hole for the Mar. My guess would be that Singleton was actually supposed to cover that gap the way that McLeod and Gary played it. However, we would have no idea. Just like that play with Davion Taylor, where I think he should be uh, containing the Mar. Sometimes we don't know, and Jim Sports definitely isn't going to tell us the correct answer in a press conference. So we just have to accept the fact that we don't know everything on defense. But overall, I think it was a pretty good defensive performance, a pretty good offensive performance. They lost because the Ravens are a good team, and they lost because of some bad play calling early on, a lack of running game early on, and a few key turnovers. I think on another day, the Eagles genuinely could have won this game, and I think that gives me quite a lot of praise, or quite a lot of optimism going forward. I think there's a pretty good chance they beat the Giants. I think there's a pretty good chance they beat the Cowboys as well coming up. So... Uh, you never know, this might be a team that ends up with a 500 record sooner rather than later. I know that wasn't the aim at the start of the season, but I do think they're showing some progress. I think as they get players like Goddard, Rega Samalu, Johnson back, the offence will start to get better. Right, I'm going to leave it there, a little bit longer one today but quite a few takes. Hope you enjoyed it. Give me some feedback on Twitter as always, and I will see you next week.